Hey, everybody. So we obviously talk a lot about intuitive eating on this podcast. As you know, I'm a really, really big fan of this gentle, peaceful approach to nutrition, health, and well-being. I wanted to tell you about a really cool opportunity that I have coming up. It's a free five-day challenge called Discover Intuitive Eating. And in it, I'm going to show you how to feel better about food and more at peace in your body without stressing about weight or calories or sacrificing foods you love. So a really cool chance for you to get some action steps to help you eat more intuitively, to experience what this uh, feels like and what it's all about. And of course, to get some support from me along the way. So if you are interested, please visit the link in the show notes and go ahead and sign up. I would so love to see you in that free five-day challenge. Um, Hope to see you there. Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there is so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there. And you're tired of the wellness fads, endless diets, and impossible standards that make you feel like nothing you do is ever enough. You're ready to tune into your mind and body and feel empowered around health. We're the Healing Trio here to help you redesign your relationships with food, fitness, and yourself. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm Maria, licensed mental health therapist. And I'm Tara, personal trainer. Together, we're changing the narrative on health away from diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity and towards healthful self-care. So grab your water bottle, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow. And let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. I am Elizabeth here with Tara today. We are missing Maria and we wanted to chat about why is it so hard to stop focusing on weight loss. And Tara, I would love to kick it over to you right away and just get your thoughts. Why do you why do you think it's so hard to stop focusing on weight loss? Oh, I hear this all the time at the gym, and I think it's really a challenge because it's all around us, right? Everything is focused on weight loss and fitting into this and looking a certain way. So when you have a million voices in your ear saying, get smaller, get smaller, get smaller, get smaller, it's really hard to be like, actually, I'm good where I'm at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. It's so pervasive, the messaging. And I think one of the things that People always say when I'm working, like when I first start working with people in my Thrive Tribe groups or just one-to-one, one of the first things that I have people do usually is just like take a step back, understand what diet culture is, all the ways and places and shapes and forms that it shows up in your life, which we've done episodes on this. People can go back and listen and then really sit back for a second and think about how often you encounter it and what's the impact. And almost universally, people are shocked. Like we know that we have those messages out there, but until you start documenting them and purposefully noting them and maybe even writing them down, you just don't realize how, like how much we're bombarded with it. And then also make the connection of no wonder I feel like crap in my body. How could I not with, that's all I'm hearing. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, When I was growing up, there was all these stats that were coming out about how girls who looked at fashion magazines had like skyrocketing rates of like anxiety, depression and shame. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we're looking at all these supermodels um, and comparing ourselves, of course, and 
not a whole lot of us look like supermodels, but you know, it would mm-hmm. cause all these like negative emotions in just like seven minutes was like mm-hmm. the time that they did the, the study on. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that now there are similar research, you know, studies out there about social media, where yeah. we look at social media and we feel those same feelings because of who we're following or what we're following mm-hmm. and comparing it to ourselves. So the shame is out there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so true. And so interesting. And I know you and I have even sort of talked separately and privately about just how subtle it can be sometimes. Like we were having that conversation when Martha Stewart came out and was on the cover of what was that sports illustrated, the swimsuit edition. And everyone was celebrating that as, Oh my gosh, look at her. Look how great she looks. And she's, what is she 80 years old? And she's on the the cover. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I were looking at it thinking, okay, this is just like another more subtle form of diet culture. Because when you read about the things that that she felt she had to do in order to show up on that cover, I'm sure it was airbrushed. It certainly looked like it did. And most 80-year-olds that I know don't look like that. Yes. And I read something about she did personal training with Pilates Mm-hmm. like five days a week for an hour for like months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And that's just not realistic for most people, nor is that healthy. Well, I mean, it, it, like, it's great if someone enjoys doing it and they're able to do that consistently. Right. But to feel like you have to do it because you're going right. to be on the cover of a magazine. And like, I know, way. yeah, like I know the things it all, we always talk, it comes back to the intention behind the choice, right? When people are right. trying, when I'm working with people and they're trying to sort out like, is this diet culture thinking, or is this like, I'm cared about my health thinking. And we, and I often like, what well, goes back to the intention behind the choice. So let's like really start unpacking it. But if the intention yeah. is I need to whip my body in shape because I'm going to get on the cover of some magazine and I'm going to, I mean, obviously that's not the average person's intention. Right. But, but it might be, I need to look better in my swimsuit. Right. So I can go to the neighborhood pool. And that's very much like stemming from diet culture and the pressure. I felt so conflicted about that magazine cover because on one hand, I'm thrilled that we've got, you know, some body diversity on there. Mm-hmm. Like we've got this Agreed. old lady on the cover. Like that's amazing. You know, but on the other hand, like we didn't truly have a like representative of an 80-year-old woman. Right. You know, and it just I feel like it just took all these women that are aging and just made them feel even worse about themselves. Well, like, yeah. Oh, and I'm, and also just it. like why can't I do it? Exactly. And if I'm not 80 and I don't exactly look like this airbrush photo, now all of a sudden I'm feeling less worthy, right? Less, yes. less better, less good about myself. And yeah, I totally agree with such a conflicting message, really. And it um, is like sad because it's so subtle, you know, I'm sure subtle. that Sports Illustrated or Martha, for that matter, I'm sure they didn't go like, oh, let's do this and make everybody feel like crap. <laughs> You no, know? I think the, in, the in, well, like, I, I mean, the intention, intention is always profit. Right. And I think they wanted, you know, some good media coverage, like, look at this old lady on the cover, you know, like, mm-hmm. great. Um, however, it's just so subtle to see that. And most of us don't even recognize that we're like having those kind of feelings and that they're yeah, still from that. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just so out of character to not see a 21 year old supermodel. We all thought, yay, when in yeah. reality, it's like, hmm, 
okay. Yeah. Let's unpack it a little more. There's more to the story. Yeah. Um, and more, yeah, it is such an interesting conversation, but it also makes me think of, you know, back to kind of the question at hand of why is it so hard to stop focusing on, on weight loss? There's so much gaslighting that happens in diet culture. And that is a classic example of like, oh, we're doing this thing because we want to make everyone, you know, feel better about their bodies. Really. It's about, I want to sell magazine magazines. Right. Um, and also there's some gaslighting involved in that. Yeah, I completely agree. It's like being in a toxic relationship, really. <laughs> yeah. I, I often, um, share or, you know, have conversations with people about di- dieting is like being in an abusive relationship. I mean, or a toxic relationship. Think about it. You're doing, you're presented this thing. That's really all the research shows basically doomed from the start, right? The vast majority of dieters do not lose weight and keep it off. And then when, when you don't keep it off, they don't say, Oh, we're really sorry. We sold you a crappy product. Mm-hmm. They say, you must not have wanted it enough or you must right. not have you didn't tried try hard, hard enough. enough. You yeah. don't have good enough willpower, self-control, right? Like that's a classic form of gaslighting. They they sell you an ineffective product and then convince you it's your fault when it doesn't work. I actually love that you name one of your, you know, products like break up with diet culture mm-hmm. um, because it is like such an appropriate term, you know, it's hard, it's emotional it's a little bit stressful, but like ultimately completely worth it, you know? Yeah. Whether it's toxic relationship or whether it's diet culture. And it raises such an important point that I have been talking so much about recently, which is you don't have to be a dieter to be impacted by diet culture. So you don't have to be dieting to feel all of this societal pressure and obsession and gaslighting around how your body should look or to feel as if your Mm -hmm. body isn't good enough to feel the pressure of diet culture. I think it's really hard too. even if you have come a long way and done the work to get comfortable with who you are and you're happy in your body and, you know, you're recognizing diet culture it's still so pervasive that it's really hard to just stand up for yourself when you need to. Yes. And yeah. And also you're doing the work you're trying to heal while you're still in diet culture. Right. Cause we all are. Yep. That's really hard. I can't imagine trying to heal from anything while still in it. Yeah. Right. And yet still there's no really escaping diet culture. Mm-mm, there is no escaping diet culture and yeah you you know you you're doing the work of reframing and reshifting your beliefs about food and your body but it doesn't mean even that the purple people closest to you have done that so people you know you have to have difficult conversations with people sometimes and people say things that are not in line with what you're trying to do and then let alone the the bigger culture at large that just reminds me of one of the very first episodes we did. We had a whole bunch of um, like things to say to people when they bring mm-hmm. up diet culture, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we had like the polite way, the medium way and the snarky way mm-hmm. we called it. But um, that would be a good episode if if you need help with that to kind of 
um, go check out that one. It was early, early on. Um, and it'll give you a few things that you could say to kind of hush people up about diet culture and your body. Yeah, that's safe. Great, great reference to point people back to that. Um, I think it's also important to acknowledge, acknowledge like, again, sticking with that theme of like, why is it so hard to give up on weight loss? Because we're all still doing the work in diet culture. A lot of people, particularly in larger bodies, have not had safe experiences in their bodies. They've been told their whole life that they need, they need to change or it's not their body isn't where it needs to be, or they go into a medical setting and, you know, things um, are not suitable for what they need and they experience judgment and different care potentially. And um, absolutely. I mean, we did an episode on this with me from with my pregnancy and birthing experience and how I was treated differently and it led to like a four-day NICU stay because instead of doing actual tests, they just thought, no, nope, she's fat. It must be this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I'm sure yeah. everyone with a larger body can relate to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, yeah. It makes me so upset. Um, so what are some other examples that come up for you when you think about the ways that diet culture gaslights us? So I think the biggest thing is that as a society, we all feel like we need to be improving at all times. We're Mm -hmm. in hustle culture, right? Of like, how can I be better at this? How can I be better at that? And our bodies, like personal health and wellness is one that comes up a lot, right? Um, Particularly around New Year's when we set our New Year's resolutions to lose weight this year and brush our teeth better this year, whatever, (laughs) <laughs> nobody's setting that one but you know what I mean <laughs> flossing maybe flossing there we go um but I hear from clients all the time that they want to you know get healthy but they also mm. think that weight loss is the only way yeah so I think we're lacking like this big education piece which is part of the catalyst for why we have this podcast mm-hmm. um, in that weight loss doesn't mean healthy right Yeah, there are lots of unhealthy ways to lose weight. And in fact, many of them are promoted by diet culture. Um, And I think you bring up a good point that it's that is often kind of like a thing that people hang on to of like, but I but it's well, I can't I get what you're saying. Like I can I can get. Like maybe I could figure out how to be how to like my body better, but it's about my health. Right. And that is another form in a way of diet culture gaslighting, because one, there are lots of unhealthy ways to lose weight. So that that may take away from your physical, mental, emotional health in other ways. And also, there are many, many ways to improve your health that don't have to include weight loss. Right. And we've talked about it before, but a lot of times, even when you see in the studies, well, this weight loss intervention led to these improvements in lab markers, let's say as an example. Well, yeah, but what were people doing to, to, for that intervention? And it's really hard to separate. Is it the weight loss or the, the changes in behaviors? And we do have a lot of evidence to point to changes in behaviors are really helpful in and of themselves, independent of weight loss. Absolutely. I actually had an interesting experience at the gym today with a client. She is in her late 60s and Mm -hmm. she's in a larger body and she is really fit. 
mm-hmm. and was running on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And somebody came up to her and was like, hey, I just want you to know that I'm worried about you. I think you should be careful running in your condition as an old fat person, essentially. You, use those oh words. That uh-huh. was the thought. Um, and she said, because I did that once and I had some sort of episode and then now I need a pacemaker. And my client, to her credit, like politely thanked her for her concern and then came over and vented to me during her session. And of course, I was like seething. And I'm like, here's the main takeaway. Health doesn't have an image. Mm-hmm. You cannot see health. Right? Yes. You like, cannot tell you a person's no health idea. by looking at them. You can't tell by looking at them. And then I'm sure that woman meant nothing but good vibes. I'm sure she was genuinely concerned that well, she it shows her own in- internalized fat phobia and weight stigma, yes. right? That sh- that shows that that is a person who is still very much stuck in diet culture thinking and has internalized bias. But what she doesn't know is this person's health history. She doesn't know that she's been running for like 30 years. She doesn't right. know that she's under care of a phys- physician for various things and just had a heart test that was like beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, like. And also, why, why did anyone ask for your opinion on what I should or shouldn't be doing or my health or how fit I feel or look? No, thank you. And you know what I don't love is like, she came over to say like, oh, this lady just asked me this. And now I feel worried. Yes. You know, she's like, have you heard of people needing a pacemaker from running? And I'm like, no. Like, I don't know that lady's health history, so I can't say, like, what I think actually happened to her, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, it's not your health history, so if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't worry about what she said, Right. you know, but I hate that she cast that doubt in my client's mind of, should she be doing this thing that she loves doing? Yes. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. I too am now seething. I did not know that story before, <laughs> before we Literally, had this conversation. Just but- this morning. Wow. Yeah. So can we just pause and reflect on that for a second for everyone out there of just how toxic and harmful that is on so many levels? And also what would be a good way to respond to that? I know that I know the thing that's coming to my mind um, is like, speaking of snark is like, and Thank you for that huge helping of weight stigma. I don't think I want it right now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh that my would gosh. probably be a similar response. Um, but, you know, my client was like, oh, thank you so much for your concern. And just yeah. left it that. Wow. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that, that that happened. And that is just such a classic example of everything we're talking about, really. and. Mm-hmm and the harm that's out there and the unintended or unintended consequences and why it's so important to, to shift these thoughts and beliefs. It's so crazy to me too, because, you know, as someone who looks at people who exercise all day, not a whole ton of people that are almost 70 are out like running like that. Mm, Yeah. You know, so like, Mm -hmm. not only are you making her feel bad, for doing this thing that she enjoys doing, but she's actually really badass at it. Yeah. And she does like miles every week. That's awesome. You know, so like, like we should be praising her for doing something awesome, 
yeah questioning like can your heart handle this like yeah and also I mean I just have to interject here that we all hear the stories we all know it's true that plenty of people who kind of fit the traditional mold of what what our culture tells us fit people should look like Mm -hmm. have heart problems right I mean we're coming off the week where was that um LeBron James son yeah his son right I mean someone in a smaller thinner body right small heart problem looking quote unquote yeah you know yeah it yeah we just we have to be able to separate weight from health um I think another way that diet culture gaslights us that's really important to talk about is um we're sold so many programs, lifestyle changes, clean eating programs, wellness plans under the guise of they're not a diet. And really they are calorically restricted ways of eating that are absolutely a diet. They're just Mm -hmm. a diet by another name. hundred percent. You know, I think clean eating is like the most, you know, one of the more recent trends Mm-hmm. And like, of course, I think I'm who's not on board for eating like lots of fruits and veggies and unprocessed food. Like, yeah, this is going to be great until you start obsessing about it mm-hmm. and denying things and because, moralizing it. Yes. Now we've given it like a morality, which mm-hmm. is food, man. Also, like, I don't know what <laughs> ask nearly any dietitian. And that is one that is like, we'll get there feathers up because it doesn't even really mean anything it's not like it doesn't what does that even mean clean I used to tell people it meant that you didn't drop your food on the floor before you ate it yeah I was gonna say that too (laughs) same with like um I I think it might be Evelyn Tribbley where it might be where I first heard this one of the creators of founders of or one of the creators of intuitive eating but when when talking about like feeling guilty for eating certain foods she's like did you um did you harm the chef did you steal the food if not you definitely don't need to feel guilty for it and I'm like yeah mm-hmm. I love how you put that I meant that <laughs> yeah um and also just the general kind of back to gaslighting, making people believe that if, if that losing weight is this, this, the end all be all solution to kind of all the, all the um, problems that you have. Yeah. If you want to be happier, how many, how many clients come in and think that if they lose X amount of pounds, like all their problems will go away. Yeah, my relationships will be better. I'll be happier. I'll have more fun at certain events. I'll show show up differently in my life and all the things. And maybe temporarily, that might be temporarily true in some cases, but that's not really the freedom that I'm trying to help people get is like, Mm -hmm. if you, even if you do lose weight temporarily, Um, or even, I mean, even if you do lose weight, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're, you've increased or healed your body image, right? Because you're feeling those things, you're feeling greater, greater confidence, greater worthiness, greater belonging is still dependent on how your body looks. Mm -hmm. It's just now it's dependent and you're in a smaller body than you were before. You haven't changed the underlying thoughts, feelings, perceptions, yeah. And so it's easier to move around the world and diet culture for sure. Um, but I it- actually think it's really like revolutionary 
to be okay with your body. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like, you know, rebellious to, Mm -hmm. to care, you know, for your body without judging it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But think about it. None of us were born judging our bodies Mm -hmm. or feeling that they had to look a certain way. And I mean, babies like adults come in all sorts of shapes and sizes and, and, but somehow we're generally okay with that. Yeah. Not until you get older. We think it's cute mostly with babies. Yeah, I know. Um, So I think we've hit on a lot of the reasons why it's really, really hard to shift off of weight loss. I think the fears that another, well, we talked about the idea of it won't be good for my health if I don't focus on weight loss in terms of some of the main fears that come up. Another one is um, people will judge me, right? Like if I'm not, if I, if I'm in a bigger body or I'm not at least pursuing weight loss, all people will judge me. And these are examples of some of the things that we sort through on the intuitive eating journey in my group coaching program is really getting to the root of those core beliefs, really understanding how you think and feel and perceive not just your body, but all bodies in general. And then investigating those and trying to rewire the limiting beliefs, because ultimately that is a limiting belief, right? I I can't be accepted unless I'm in a smaller body. Mm -hmm. I think being a parent like puts this in such a harsh spotlight because Mm -hmm. now all of your insecurities and fears and flaws kind of like come to light for you because you don't want your kid to have those same things. Um, So it's really like become a guiding light to me as a parent on Mm -hmm. how I talk about food, you know, what I eat, what I'm allowing my son to eat or not eat, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, how you talk about your own body, how you talk about other bodies, right? Yeah. I love my hundred percent. And we just talk about how awesome bodies are doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yeah. I think not being a parent, I didn't have a lot of those thoughts yet, but now I just kind of accepted them as like, oh yeah, it just is. And now mm-hmm. I'm much more proactive with how I talk about my body, his body, anybody else's bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and all well, that. And yeah. And it makes you realize, I mean, that's a huge part of the reason why I do the line of work that I do is because I, it's personal for me. I have three kids. Like I, had to sit back and really think about what is, what do, what do I want to put out there in front of them? How do I want to promote them to feel safe and respectful and confident in their bodies and encourage them to have a happy, healthy relationship with food? Um, it definitely puts it in a different perspective when you're thinking. I have to uh, give you the credit for that. You know, taking your Raising Intuitive Eaters class was like game changer for me. Like uh-huh. I was on the path, but I didn't have all the tools. Uh-huh. Um, and so now that I've taken your course, um, I feel much more confident in uh-huh. talking about food with my kid. Hey, that makes me so happy. That's exactly why I did it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll link on that too, actually, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we did. I should link if to it in the show notes too. intriguing for you. <laughs> Check mm-hmm. out that episode. And I think another fear that comes up is like the idea of, but I'll be letting myself go. If I'm not yes. focusing on weight loss, I'll be letting myself go, right? And I... Heard this analogy one time, I 
it was from another provider and I apologize, I cannot think of where I heard it, but it's like, imagine you're standing um, at the edge of a canyon and on the other side of the canyon, on the other cliff's edge is diet culture and there's a rope and you're pulling it you know, diet culture is constantly pulling you, right? And it can get to the point where like it 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 feels like it's gonna pull you right over the the cliff or the canyon, right? And you're pulling um a lot of times when you start trying intuitive eating, it's like you're trying to pull the rope back to the other side. And um and the analogy is well, letting go would be like if you if you just let the, if you kind of let it pull you over into the canyon, right? If you no longer try to take care of yourself, your health, your body, whatever, and just like completely just let it go and gave up. But that's actually not what intuitive eating is. Intuitive eating is like letting go of the rope and deciding to explore this whole side of the cliff behind you, right? The cliff, cliff opposite of diet culture where, you know, there's food freedom and body peace and being respectful of yourself and your body and speaking kindly and compassion and moving because you love your body, not as a form of punishment or because you, you know, want to burn so many calories. And like, I just love that analogy. I think I did a butchering job of um, explaining it, but hopefully you got the idea. (laughs) No, I was actually just going to say, I went to grad school in Arizona and after graduation, I went to the Grand Canyon. So as you were saying that I was picturing like looking into the Grand Canyon Never once did I think like, oh, I want to go to the other side. Mm -hmm. Like I was very content to stay on my side and explore my side. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's great if we can just drop the rope and look around and see what's around us, you know? Yeah, like there's this whole other world over here where you do not have to be stuck in diet culture. You do not have to continue to attach your worth, value, sense of belonging, how you feel about yourself to diet culture's beliefs. There's a whole nother way of taking care of yourself that in my opinion is far more health and well-being promoting but also it just feels better it's so much more peaceful and enjoyable and that's why ultimately I hope if anyone is out there struggling with food struggling with dieting struggling with their body just sit back and consider, which actually I didn't plan this, but it leads really well into sort of how I wanted to wrap up the episode, which is sit back and consider what you might gain on this side of the cliff. Like all the things that you have, you stand to potentially gain through finding food and body peace and a different way of approaching your health and self-care. And I can tell you from my own experience, personal experience, but also after working with hundreds of clients, it's really freaking great over here on this side of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Doesn't mean there aren't ups and downs, but on the whole, it's pretty awesome over here. I love it. Yeah. So um, I will just leave you uh, with a couple of other questions, how to move forward. If you're really, really intrigued, but just can't quite get over that hurdle of shifting your focus away from weight loss, few questions you can ask yourself. What has my experience experience been like focusing on weight loss? Has it gotten me the lasting results that I've been looking for? In what, how has it impacted my 
mental and emotional well-being? Am I experiencing a lot of stress, guilt, anxiety, overwhelm, over food, over my body? In what ways has dieting or diet culture impacted my life so far? How much time, money, energy have I spent putting towards pursuing weight loss and diet culture's ideals? How's it impacted my relationships? Am I present and engaged and enjoying all sorts of you know, fun food, social outings with my family and loved ones? Or am I in my head worrying about what I'm eating or how many calories or what the number on the scale is going to say if I do eat it? Um, just in general, kind of really drilling down and looking at those things and then asking yourself the question, what might you gain by exploring this side of the cliff, the intuitive eating world? And I would also kind of wrap up by saying if if you are out there and you are ready and interested and intrigued to get support, shifting your focus away from weight loss towards whole health and intuitive eating and, and a happy, healthy relationship with your body, um, reach out, book a free whole health strategy call with me. I have my next Thrive Tribe intuitive eating coaching group is launching mid-September. I'm in the doors are open now for enrollment. They Two seats are already gone. There are six spots left. And I would love, love, love to chat with you and see if the group might be a good fit for you. So the really the next best step to start that conversation is to reach out and book that free whole health strategy call. And you can do that at my website, elizabethharrisnutrition.com. Just click the button at the top that says book a strategy call, or we will drop the link in the show notes. But Tara, any, any last thoughts? No, I just kind of wanted to say that if there's ever anything that you guys want to talk about, um, you know, if there's anything you want to learn about or hear us chat about, um, we would love to do an episode on what you want to learn. Yes. So um, hit us up on our socials or in our emails. They're all linked in the show notes um, and let us know what would be really helpful to you. Yeah, I love that. And in fact, some of the episodes we've done have been requests from listeners and actually some of our most popular episodes. So definitely reach out. We can do such a more effective job of making this podcast what you want if you let us know. So thank you all. Have a good day.